Oh, what a treat we have tonight. You know, I love to pray, and I love to come to prayer meeting. I even come early to the early prayer meeting just because I love to be in God's presence and pray. And when I first moved here, I, I came to the early morning prayer meeting. I was like, oh, God, give me somebody here that loves to pray as much as I do. And lo and behold, uh, these two guys walk in and just, I mean, they were giving me such a hard time. But I found out they love to pray. What a treat we have tonight to have one of our own here to preach. Uh, Pastor Daniel's on a special trip. And he asked Brother Wally if he'd preach tonight, and I'm so excited. Why don't you give a big hand clap for Wally Pearson. this thing on? It is on. Before we read the word, I want to introduce you my wife first. Come out here, Lori. I've been married to this woman for 48 years. She has traveled with me different parts of the world, ministering the gospel. I'm going to tell you a little story about her. You can sit down for a little bit. I want to tell you a little story before we get going here about my wife. We were in the South Pacific holding uh, evangelistic meetings in the South Pacific, and we were in a number of churches, but she wore a dress, which is good. It's not a bad story, honey. <laughs> the Holy Spirit hit the church, leveled it. My wife's standing right in the middle of them. Couldn't move. Couldn't walk out. Couldn't go nowhere. Surrounded by bodies. <laughs> That's God's way to blessing my wife for coming with. It was amazing, I'll tell you that. The people were so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and they loved the Lord, and that was awesome. And another thing that happened that I remember <laughs> was it there. That's been many years. Um, they were so gracious to us. And they, they, the women, I preached one time there, and the women got, all got together, and they gave me the honor that they would give to a king in Samoa. And they brought me material, and they brought me money, and they gave me love. And it was so amazing because they're not rich people. But they just poured out of their hearts to Wally and I. And um, it, was, it was very awesome. But, we, you know, you see that wherever you go, when people love the Lord, they, they just pour out into you. Even though you're the preaching and you're sharing, the people, because of Jesus, just pour back into you, and that's what keeps you going. And um, this is just an awesome congregation, and Wally and I are so glad we're here, and we just love the people here, and we know that you all love God. Amen. And 48 years does not seem like 48 years. Believe me, people. But you know, I want to tell you a little secret about raising children, and my wife is very good at it. Bring your children up in the way of the Lord. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. All my children serve God. They've never strayed away from God. My grandchildren, all 13, 12 of them, almost said 13. We might be adding some. Who knows? <laughs> 12 of them serve God. And they're on fire for God. You know, if you do it the way God commands us to do it, that means you have to raise them, not the school system, not the world. You can't let the world dictate to you. 
You have to raise your children in the ways of God under the covenant promises of God, and you will raise godly children that will not stray away. That's the key. God gave us the promises. He gave us the tools. He gave us the ability to do it. And that's what we have to do if we want godly children. It's that easy. It's not hard. You turn it over to God because you're going to fail. You will always fail. You turn it over to God and you plead with him. And every time something goes wrong, you plead again. You pray with him. You ask God to show you anything your children are doing that's not right. He shows them, convict them. And I always told my children this. If you're doing something wrong, if Jesus is sitting next to you, how would he feel about it? <laughs> Took care of that one. <laughs> anyway, stand up and I'll read this word. I wanted to introduce my better half because without my wife, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. That's a fact of life. I've never seen her waver in I don't know how many years she served God. Sixty-some years she's been serving God. I've never seen her waver in the 48 that I've known her once. She's a powerful woman of God that loves Jesus, and she depends on him majorly. She leans on God heavy for her children and grandchildren, and her husband probably the heaviest. <laughs> right, men? i got to put glasses on. It's dark up here. Woo. Is it always that dark up here? <laughs> Jesus, uh, it's John fourteen twelve. Jesus said unto you, He that believeth in me, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. Think of that. Jesus said this to each of us in this room. The works that I have done, and even greater works shall you do, when I go to the Father, grab a hold of that. Greater works. Raising the dead, healing the sick, where people don't have limbs, limbs appear, setting the captives free. I got one more scripture I want to read. And that is uh, Mark 16, 15 through 18. Jesus Christ has commanded all and every man and woman and child to the gospel, to every creature. Baptize and believe, and these signs shall follow all those who believe. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will cast out demons. They will speak in other tongues. You will pick up poisonous snakes. And if you drink anything deadly, it will be, be, do no harm to you. You will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. How do we do that? You can sit down. I want you to do something. Ask the Father to fill you with his glory right now. Raise your hands up. Say, Father God, fill me with your glory. I'm hungry, Father. Pour out your glory, Father. More, Father. Pour out your glory, Father. Create a hunger in their hearts, Father. More, Father. More, 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 more in Jesus' name. Pour out your glory, Father. Create a hunger for your word, Father. Create a hunger for your glory, Father. 
Just set them apart, Father. Cause them to see the lost, Father. Cause them to see the hurting, Father God. Cause them to know what dwells within them, Father. That the greater one dwells within them, Father. That the Spirit of God dwells within them. That nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible to them, Father. That they can move any mountain that's set before them, Father. That any demon that's bound up, Father, within their eyes, fight. That they can set them free, Father. That nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible to the believers in this room. If they would believe and trust in their God and set their eyes like a flint before him. And not waver to the left or to the right. But move in the mighty move of God that is within our hearts, Father. Father, create a hunger for your word. Create a hunger for your truth, Father. Create a hunger for your covenant promises, Father, that we will never, ever be the same. We will never turn back or look back. We will never look to the right or to the left. We will see your glory, Father, and your glory will move upon us, Father. It will set the captives free, Father. I thank you for it, Father. I give you glory and honor for your presence, Father. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I praise you for it, Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for those things that set us free, Father, for the anointing that's within us, Father. Pour out that anointing now in Jesus' name in this building. Pour it out on your people now in Jesus' name. Let that anointing set them free, Father. We're hungry for your glory, Father. More of your anointing, Father. I want more on your souls, Father. Pour more of your anointing on them, Father. More in Jesus' name. Flood this place like a mighty flood, Father. Let it come off them in your glory, Father. Oh, Jesus' name. Oh. You know, I, <clears throat> <Woo. laughs> oh. Oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, Lord. We serve such an awesome God. Oh. Oh. I was, I was, I took my wife, to, whoa, baby. Praise God. <laughs> oh, Lord. I need your help right now, Lord. Oh, Lord. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, all right. Praise God, Wally. My brain is like, oh, Lord. Um, You know, the kingdom of God is not words. It's not enticing intellectual words. It's not education. The kingdom of God is his anointing, his presence, his glory. That glory rests upon each of you. When you accept Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, what do you think comes within you? The presence of the Almighty God comes within you. To change your lives, you will never, ever be the same when the glory of God comes in you. What's happened is we've allowed the world to dictate to us. Mm. We go to the doctor, what happens? The doctor tells us something. We go home, immediately we speak it to somebody else. We've just cursed ourselves. Do you realize that? Death and life is within the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing is in the power of the tongue. We need to learn how to speak life in the situations we're around. We need to speak life in the marriages. We have the power to destroy the Satan. Satan is out there destroying marriages. He's out there destroying homes, drugs, alcohol. Look at your community. The only reason it's been allowed to do that is because the church has been asleep. It is time the church to wake up and recognize what dwells within them. And it's the glory of God. Nothing, absolutely nothing's impossible to you. You can move mountains. If two or more gather my name, whatever you ask for shall be done. You lack nothing. You lack nothing. There's not a demon in hell that can stop you. There's not a bottle of booze, a drug. There's not a marriage problem. There's not an issue on this earth. There's not a president, a government, anything that can stop you. You can change the course of anything you desire to change because you have all power and authority to do it. Jesus Christ gave it to you. He told those men to wait in the upper room. Do not leave that room until the glory comes upon you because you can't do anything without it. The church has that glory. It's just been sleeping on it. It's time to rise up and know who you are in Christ Jesus, that you do not lack anything. That his glory has empowered you to move mighty mountains. When you see a man bound up with drugs or alcohol, start speaking life. Start praying over him. Lay hands on him if God tells you to. Do not lay hands on without the anointing of God unless God tells you to. Because sometimes you can set men free and you shouldn't set them free. They're not ready. They need more of the word in them before they get set free. Because that, you have to plant that word in them. That word is life. That word will set them free. Then you cast them out, and then they're free. I know two Eskimo ladies in the yard. You talk about faith. This is the kind of faith it's going to take to move on. If you do not have faith in God, and you're double-minded, you can expect nothing from God. I'm going to tell you that right now, people. You know what a double-minded man is? Double-minded man is, okay, there's a world champion boxing match. In my name, it was Joe Lewis. A couple of us know who he was. <laughs> 1950s. He went out, million-dollar purse. He fought the fight. He went home. He gave the million dollars to his wife. She's more than a conqueror. He fought the fight. She got the bucks. Jesus fought the fight. We don't have to fight the fight. We need to learn how to stand. We need to shod our feet with the gospel of preparation of truth. Shod means to put your feet in a bucket of concrete and not move. That means you can't move without being anything. That concrete's got you set in God's promises and his covenant word. 
and you speak that word to the situation, you stand no matter what's going on. You look at Jesus. You stand in that covenant. You don't look to the left. You don't look to the right. You move that mountain. I don't care if it's a tumor. I don't care if it's that cursed cancer. I don't care if you need a back that needs to be restored. I don't care if it's broken bones. I don't care what it is. You stand in that concrete. You don't move. You stand in his word, and you stand with faith. And that faith will move the mountain. My father, 88 years old, came to one of my meetings, and I preached. Holy Ghost hit the place. It was leveled. People all over the place. He comes forward. Never heard me preach before. He's a Catholic man. Slipped me 20 bucks. He says, you think Jesus would heal me? He crushed three discs in his back, recording the University of Minnesota. Prayed for him. He got up the next morning, did 150 sit-ups, 30 push-ups, 88 years old. Went to the University of Minnesota. God gave him three brand new discs in his back at 88 years old. Don't tell me you got to get old and suffer from diseases and infirmities. That is a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the world. The world speaks curses on the church. It's time for the church to start speaking back to the world and tell them no way. We're done. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Nothing is impossible. There's not a mountain in front of us that we can't move. That's a fact of life. I used to work with ex-drug addicts because they were ex. We had the highest cure weight in the world. How did we get it? Power of God. 97% given to us by the federal government. We didn't even give it to ourselves because he is God. He's the Lord of all things. When he sets a man free, they're free indeed. Satan is under the feet of the believer. He's already been defeated. Disease, sicknesses, infirmities, whatever it is, is already under the feet of Jesus. He's already conquered it. He's accomplished it on the cross. You don't have to do nothing but stand in truth and allow the joy of the Lord to fall on you and fill you with his glory, and that will change the course of time. I was sitting in an ambulance. Fear hit me. My wife was standing outside. I had four men working on me. Holy Spirit spoke to me. Praise him. I started praising him on that gurney in that ambulance. I started worshiping him. The next minute, the Holy Ghost nailed me right in the belly. I grabbed my stomach, started laughing out of control. Everything on those instruments went to normal instantly. I drove fear out. Because fear is an enemy. It means false evidence appearing real to a godly man. It's not real. What happens, we get the big C word. The first thing we do is we fear exactly what Satan wants. Once he got you in fear, he's got you right around the neck. He's got you defeated. You've got to overcome the fear by going to God's word and find out there's over 150 scriptures that tells you not to fear. He is with you. A thousand will fall at one side, 10,000 on the other side. But no harm shall come upon you. No disease, no pestilence, nothing will bring harm to you because of who you are in Christ Jesus. You lack nothing, people. Those two Eskimo ladies, full of faith, they came up to me. She lived in an old Quonset hut with her kids. She said, do you think Jesus would give me a new home? I says, I'll believe with you. Can you believe that Jesus will give you a home? Yes, I can believe it. We prayed for that woman. You want a new home? Listen up, people. Prayed for that woman. One year later, brand new house sitting there paid for in Point Barrow, Alaska. Her friend came to me, Claire. She says, would you think God would give me a house? 
Well, do you have faith? He's not a respecter of persons. He'll give you a house if you can believe God for it. She did the same exact thing. One year later, brand new house, paid for sitting there. And in barrel, they're expensive. You think they're expensive here? This is nothing. <laughs> Amen? He's a big God. You have to change your mindset. How do you build yourself up in faith? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Builds you up in your most holy faith. Jude, 20. Right? 120. That's what it is, 120. <laughs> right? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Draw near to God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You will never outdo God. It cannot be done in giving, in drawing near to him, his love, his glory, his anointing. You will never, ever come to an end with it. It's the highest high you will ever find because it never ends and it keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher from glory to glory to glory. There's no end to it. He's a powerful God. I was in Africa. These guys wanted me to preach. I was preaching at a pastor's conference, 600 pastors and their families in this huge tent. They wanted me to preach from 9.30 in the morning till 2.30 in the morning. I did it one day. Second day, I got about halfway through, and I said, I, I just said, I got to leave for a little while. I walked out the tent. The kids surrounded me. They wanted to hear more about Jesus and his love. I went outside the tent, and I fell on my face before my God, and I says, God, that's it. It's your problem. I'm done. I quit. I'm through. It's all up to you, and you better move, God. They're your people. They're hungry for you. I went back in the tent. About 10 people walked forward. He leveled the entire crew of people. Not one person stood, including me. He leveled the tent, people. The glory of God fell on the place. Satan left. All disease and sickness instantly left the tent. There was not one ailment left in the tent instantly because his glory fell. And Satan cannot stand the glory of God. When you enter into the Holy of Holies, Satan flies out of the building. He cannot handle it. That's the God we serve. He's all-powerful. He's the anointed one. He's the great I am. He's, he's, just, he's just magnificent God. Mm. He's done so much for me. Some of you people think you can't determine the weather, what's going on in the weather. I, I'll tell you right now. I farmed. I had a big farm. And God was my senior partner. I went into the bank. I asked the banker, I says, I need about $80,000 to buy seed and some machinery. All I have is my signature. I have nothing. And he said to me, who's your partner? I says, God Almighty and Jesus Christ. He looked at me right dead in the face, and he knew I was dead serious. He said, you go out and get whatever you need, and you come back. I'd walk up and down those cornfields giving God glory, praying for it, and all of those bean fields. My God was in charge. He was touching those fields. I gave them to him. He was a senior, senior owner. He was my CEO. All of a sudden, we, came, we went to town for something. We came out. There was six inches of hail on the ground. I says, Father, you know if I go bankrupt, you're going with me. That's the exact words I told him. This is about 40 years ago or better. Probably better. <laughs> Got to our landline. As straight as you could draw a line around that land, 
Not a hailstone touched it. My neighbor's fields were black. I had six-foot corn. Theirs was beaten into the ground, pure black. That's the God you serve, people. He lacks nothing. All you've got to do is go to him. And if you lack faith, guess what? Lord, help my unbelief. And guess what he does? Hello. He helps you. It's that easy. Religion makes it hard. Jesus meant it to be easy. He loves his children. He never meant it to be hard. Draw near to him. He draws near to you. It's that easy. Just draw near to him. Lay on your face in your bed. Cry out to him. He'll draw near to you. I've been laying on my face before my God since I was a little boy, eight and nine years old, and he would answer me. He would pour out his glory on me as a little boy, and I would preach to my brothers. <laughs> they finally got saved. <laughs> it took about 50 years. <laughs> Actually, about 60 years. <laughs> but it works. It works. You want to get somebody saved? The Word of God says that God is the Lord of the harvest. Ask for the Lord of the harvest to send harvesters. You want to get your family saved? Father God, send the Lord of the harvesters on Joe Blow, Mary, Kathy, Deanna, whoever. And guess what happens? That's right. He bombards them. One time we prayed for a lady who was in the hospital, my wife and I. This is a few years ago. And this lady was dying on her bed. And we were miles away. We knew we'd never make it there in time. We started praying, Father, send harvesters. Send harvesters, Father. Send harvesters to bring her into your glory. Four different people entered that room within a half an hour, ministered the gospel of Jesus Christ to her. The last one she accepted Jesus Christ. Died six minutes before we got there. But the testimony was there. They told us they gave her heart to Jesus. You don't think your prayers can do something? The prayers of a righteous man... It availeth much. It, what that means is it does what you call it to do. It does not come back to you void. If you stand in faith and you pray in faith, it will come back to you and it will go forth and do what it's called to do. I've watched my children rebuke tornadoes right in front of my eyes. It was heading right down our highways. The kids started praying. We rebuke that storm now in Jesus' name. Woom! It was gone. I told the kids, it says, kids, I'm a farmer. We need rain. The farmers need rain. All right, Dad, but we want the sun to shine. So they prayed for rain, the sunshine, and it rained all day with the sun shining. The faith of a child, people. That's the God we serve. Take the limits off your God. Take your religion and throw it in a box and bury it. Take your old mindset, your old traditions, your old... Uh, uh, experiences, if they're not godly and line up with the covenants of God, they're no good. They don't mean nothing. The Word of God is truth. It is sharper than any experience. Unless that experience is of God in His glory, it doesn't mean anything. What a God we serve. I, oh. What blows me a may, um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Mm. 
You know, sometimes I stop and I can't fathom this because when the Word of God says, and Jesus said, I go to the Father, so I give you this comforter, this power, this anointing, sometimes it's so much I can't overwhelm. It's just so overwhelming. And then, and then, and then Jesus says the works that I have done. Think about it. The works that Jesus Christ did and will even do greater works than what he has done, people. Once the church gets a hold of this thing, you think we're in revival now? It will blow the lid off of our country. Two people can change the tide of this nation. Two people can come into a city and change it if they come into agreement and believe God and take it. Take it, drive back the gates of hell that have it bound. Go forth with power and authority and boldness and take it for his glory. You will take it. There's no if. You will take it. Because that's who we are. We're a light shining. And it's time for us to take our light and let it shine in boldness. Let your truth rise up. You don't need a lot of words. You don't think, oh, how can I be a witness? What can I say? Just tell them Jesus loves them. Does that take a lot? Jesus loves you. Lay hands on him and pray for him. Ask him, can I pray for you? I've never had, we went into one town. We took a crew in there. We prayed for every home in that town. We knocked on every door in that city. We took about 25 people. There was only one person that pushed us back from prayer. One person in the entire community. See, we're so fearful what people will think with us. That is a lie of the devil to the max. Because if he can keep that fear in you, he's got you right where he wants you. Not a light. Tell him to go to hell where he belongs. He belongs there. He's going to be there permanently pretty soon. We're three minutes before 12, people. We do not have a lot of time left. The glory of God is falling upon the earth for those who want it. His presence is falling on the earth for whosoever is hungry for it, who will draw near to it. It is now. We are in very few moments of the return of our God, and God's coming for a glorious church. A church with power. A church that sets his name on high. That sets his name on high in the glory of God and shines through his people. Get hungry for his glory and his righteousness. Let that righteousness bombard you with his truth. Ugh. The truth will set you free from any bondage you have. And when you come to this altar, I want you to know something right now, people. You come to this altar for healing, deliverance, or anything. You come here expecting that God has already completed it. He did it on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's a beautiful present that's wrapped up in gold soil. You can't get a more beautiful present. But if you come to this altar begging God to heal you, you have said he didn't do it. You are canceling out what he said he already did. Your faith has canceled out what he's already done. It is not of God. If Jesus did it, he did it. So when you come to the altar, come praising him and thanking him for what he's done on that cross. Come receiving you. Let the anointing set you free. Don't come speaking curses on your life. Let us discern what's going on in your life. We have the anointing of God. We don't even have to pray in our heaven, in our known language. The Spirit of God intercedes with us with groanings more powerful than you and I will ever understand. We can lay hands on them, pray in the tongues. The Holy Spirit will hit them and take care of what's supposed to be done because our prayers are selfish. We don't understand all the truth, but we pray in the Spirit. They're not selfish. They're powerful. 
They will change your life. You know what's amazing? I was in the Arctic, and a bunch of Presbyterians came over. 19 of them, to be exactly. One night, they all got saved. About 20-year-old kids. So the next night they came, they wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought, oh, my gosh, that poor Presbyterian church. <laughs> but God stuck me right here. I could not move. I was stuck to the pulpit. Well, God, you said I'm supposed to lay hands on them so they can feel the Holy Ghost. And the Lord says, no, I will fill them. It's my spirit. I'm going to fill them, not you. So he stuck me there, just like he put Abraham to sleep to get him out of the road. Well, he stuck me in the pulpit to get my religious thing out of the road so he could do it. They raised up their hands, no catchers, old hardwood floor. Boom! Nineteen of them fell over talking in tongues instantly. That's the God you serve. Take your limits off of him. He is so mighty you can't even believe it. My God is so mighty. Unbelievable. I could tell you stories of what God's done in my life and my family's life. I couldn't end tonight. It would take days to tell you the miracles God's performed in our family's lives. Broken bones instantly healed. I have seen limbs instantly appear before my eyes on a little girl that didn't have a thumb. Instantly. One man went to the shoe store. He had so much faith. He sat down. I want a pair of shoes. He had no legs. Boom! The legs appeared right into the shoes. That's the God you serve. The only thing that limits us is our faith in who he is and what he's done for us. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We only limit him by our own limitations, our own mindsets. Change your mindset and the way you change your mindset, get in this book. Let this book feed your mind and your heart. Let it come alive in you. Spend time with him. Get on your knees before him. Cry before him. Get hungry for him. Get, just get so thirsty for him that you don't know what to do. And he'll just keep filling you and filling you and filling you. It's a powerful thing. My success in life is from my God, not from me. Every company that I've owned, he has blessed me in because he is God. He's been the CEO of my companies. And he has always prospered those companies because you have to tithe. Then, this, then God rebukes the devourer, Satan. Do you want the devourer rebuked off your life? You want to be victorious? Do what God's word tells you to do. Tithe. Satan's rebuked. Remind the devil that he's rebuked too when you tithe. Don't pull any games with him. Satan, you've been rebuked. You get your hands off my finances in Jesus' name. I'm a tither. You have no rights. Go. He has to go. Then place the blood of Jesus over your finances. The blood of Jesus over your children. Just like the mantle that the Israelites put around their doorposts. The blood of Jesus Christ is the key to it all. I'm afraid I could preach all night. It's already 8.30, Pastor. And your pastor, our pastor, what a mighty man of God, isn't he? I love my pastor. I just, he's such a, he's just a good man. He's gone through so much in his life. He understands what I'm preaching. That man came through it. He came from the pit of the hell, down living in a cardboard box, out, rejoicing in his God. He weeps for what his God has done for him. He's done so much. And I'm going to, I can't, pastor, forgive me. (laughs) Is there anybody here that wants to be filled with the whole anointing of God and the power of God? You just want more of God. Why not? 
Get hungry for him. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care if it's a financial need, a house, whatever you need. Let's put it before the Father. And let's thank him for it. You have to thank him for it. When you come to the altar for healing and everything, change your cry to thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for the stripes you bore. Don't beg him anymore. Thank him because he's accomplished it already. Don't speak curses on your life. Start praising him. And guess what happens? You enter into praise, Satan leaves, and you wonder why that cancer dried up. That's why. Because you turn your crying, your belly aching about something that Jesus already accomplished, you turned it into worship. And then he acknowledges it and he thanks you. And Lord, help me in my unbelief. And then he helps you. If you're struggling, come against the spirit of fear. Spirit of fear, I bind you in Jesus' name. Go now for my life. I place the blood of Jesus over me. You have no right. For God has given me a mind, a, a, a solid mind, not a spirit of fear. Yes. Amen. Stand up. Praise the Lord. I need another hour, Pastor. <laughs> oh, it goes so fast. Praise God. If you'd like God to touch you and you want more of him, you need healing, deliverance. Healing is already yours. But if you want it completed, come forth and start thanking him and praising him. And every time you get a pain or anything happens, you thank him for healing you. Don't belly about the pain. Don't even speak the pain. Speak life. By his stripes I have been healed. Amen. church is in the biggest revival that Alaska's ever seen. It's moving into a position with God where it's a revival that's going to change this land. We're just at the birthing place and God is putting birth to it and he's feeding his glory upon it. Those who want to be hungry, get ready. The glory of God is coming with such force it'll blow your mind because his anointing is what's going to do it. It's not going to be us. It's his glory that's going to fall on you.
When God's not finished yet, what God wants to do is not finished yet. Come on, let's begin to worship. Lord, we worship you, God. Sing a new song to Him. Sing your song to Him. Lord, I thank you, God, for rescuing me. I thank you, God, for pulling me out of the pit, setting my feet on a rock. You're amazing, God. You're amazing, God. There's no one like you, God. No one can compare to you. You're so good. You're so good to me. Hanging on my teeth, all okay, mama. Take some time just to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. So let that 
Let that prayer language begin to flow like, like a river. So Lord, let stretch out your hands a moment too. Meryl, Meryl, this morning at prayer meeting, God gave me a word for you and I didn't have a moment to give it to you, so I'm going to do it right now. It's not a coincidence that your last name is Good. Amen. God is about to do something in you and in your family that can only be described as God is Good. You're going to have testimony. The dam is about to break, is the word that he gave me. The dam is about to break, and his goodness is going to come bursting forth to you and your family. And your testimony over and over and over and over again, people are going to get sick of hearing it. God is good. It isn't just my last name. God is good. It's going to be evident. The dam is going to break that you have been believing for in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray for this family right now. Father, I come into agreement with that word. And I'm asking you, God, that your power would break open everything they've been believing you for, his whole family. The dam would be broken in Jesus' name. And what has been held back would come forth in the name of Jesus. Gushing forth. Your goodness, your goodness wouldn't just crack it. It would bust it wide open in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him for just a few more minutes. He's God's not quite done. be here tonight and you're some of the things our brother Wally talked about you want those things to happen in your life may not be happening but I do know the starting point for those things to happen it starts with you inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life our time is almost up together but I don't want anyone to leave here without receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior 
Brother Wally describing all that he's already done for us. He's already paid for your sin. You don't have to pay for it. He's already paid a way for you to live in eternity with him. You don't have to earn it. Some of you need to hear that today. You don't have to earn it. The bad news is you can't earn it. The good news is he earned it for you. When you receive what Jesus did for you, you receive heaven as your home. And all the things that he purchased with it, more than salvation, come along with it. We're going to take time to pray tonight. Maybe you, you may need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to come back to him if you served him for a while and maybe you've kind of walked away. Maybe you've kind of grown cold or however you want to describe it. You know you need to get right with God. We're going to pray tonight. And I'm going to invite you to pray with me. We're all going to pray together. And I'm going to invite you to pray with me tonight to receive Jesus as your Lord. And some of you, it'll be a fresh, brand new start in your life. It'll be like life started all over. Some of you want that to happen. That can happen. Some of the effects of our choices don't instantly go away. But something happens on the inside of us that can only happen when you receive Jesus as your Lord. When I was eight years old, I've said this before. When I was eight years old, I was in a kid's church service. Kids, aren't they just passing out candy and doing puppet shows? No way. I was eight years old. The guy up front said, if anybody wants to receive Jesus, pray this with me. I know I was eight, and I know where I was, and I know what I was wearing. I could drive you there today. It would take a long time. It's in Oklahoma. But we could go there. But I remember all those things because it really happened. Jesus really did come into my life. It wasn't a prayer that was, that was like a hope something good would happen. It was a prayer to the real and living God to receive what he did for me. It was unlike anything else that had ever happened to me. And I'm going to invite you to pray a similar prayer with me. Let's take a moment right now. Why don't you bow your head with me and... I'm going to invite you to say this simple prayer, putting your faith into it. Say it right out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I receive what you did when you died on the cross and you took my place. You rose from the dead, purchasing life for me for eternity. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. I choose today to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and... Maybe it was the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like that. Pastor Vince is right over here. Pastor Vince Wayne. Come visit with Pastor Vince. If you, got, if you came back to Jesus tonight, you've been walking away, come visit with Pastor Vince.
He wants to pray with you. Mr. Trent's right over here. He wants to pray with you. What an awesome night. This is Holy Ghost night. If you've never been, if you've never been to a church like this, this is kind of weird for you. Come back next week. It's the same thing. It's Holy Ghost night. Be here on Sunday. I'll be preaching a good word. Sunday night, past events, be preaching. Pastor Daniel will be back next week. Next week is birthday of a king. Pick up a gift tag. Pick up a gift tag on your way out. Bless some kids. I'm having all my kids buy a gift for somebody else. That's like half of those tickets out there. Take somebody by the hand right by you. As we close our time tonight, I want you to pray for that person. If you don't know their name, find out their name. And you're going to pray that they would walk, as Brother Wally described, in the power of the Holy Ghost. You are the carriers of God's presence. Carry Him with you. Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you, God, for such a wonderful time in your presence. God, I don't want to go home. I want to stay in your presence. And I thank you, God, that you'll go home with me. Your presence in my home, in my life, in my car, on the job, in my family. God, help us to be carriers of your presence. Even as we leave this building, making stops, going home, going to work tomorrow, let your presence come forth from us. And I thank you, God. Bless this great group of worshipers tonight. Let your peace and your joy be upon us. Bring us back on Sunday for another moment in your presence. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. I'll see you on Sunday.